welcome back to Queen Frost. No chaser podcast. I hope everybody's having a blessed evening. I know I am. It is. Um, it's been a very amazing day for me. Um, so much progress has been made. Um, it's been so much uh, disheartening things that you know, just running across it in the media is heartbreaking. I don't know about you, but I am getting sick and tired of every time I turn on the TV, I go to social media, um, I turn on the radio or anything that pertains to media, and once again, we have another few cases of authority figures, police departments, the mix under investigations for killing and brutalizing more minorities more than ever and then I look on social media at just some of the comments you know just in a sense of gauging where people's minds are with this and the most disgusting thing that I've seen was this young lady on here of course she was not a minority you know, it's almost the sense when she wrote it, she had her nose stuck up. It's just, I am appalled by the lack of respect for authority. Well, here's the thing. If you have not been in an oppressed minority at any point in your life, and a matter of fact that you have been a part of the class that has been privileged because of your skin tone. If you have had to work a little less harder than a minority, you can't possibly understand the history that has developed since slavery times up in coming into today. What kind of abuse degrading um, things they have done to minorities. If you have never had one of your ancestors hung from a tree, you have no right to say no respect for authority. If you have never been profiled just because the color of your skin and for a lot of them, we all look the same. You have no earthly idea what it's like to be us. Because now you have these officers, and I do believe that there are some good police officers. You just have a lot of bad apples making it their job harder for them. See, and then you got these people that you have two types of people. Well, three, technically. Three types of people. One are the Martin Luther King types there for the non-violent protest types. You have the Malcolm X's who are for any means necessary. And you have those that are kind of in the gray area. They're a little bit of Martin, but they're a little bit of Malcolm X. I'm in the middle. Should we be um, 
damaging property for to get noticed to get understand that we should be respected as well and we are human beings no that does that part i feel like it does that part doesn't do us any justice now what people should be doing is standing up and fighting for what they believe in and for their rights because we're bringing up another generation where have people are bringing up more children into this world and it's sad that um a lot of parents in the black community have to stress to their child how to act or what are you supposed to do if an officer approaches you uh, what to do what not to do it's almost like you're trying to find a way to help your kid understand that yeah you have your freedoms but you don't understand how dangerous this world world really is I'm sorry, anybody with the collect with the protection of the collection skin collection will never understand having people take the melanin in your skin or your cultural background and mistaking you for a threat or a danger. Or nevertheless what we call inferior. You have a lot of these authority people, they hide behind badges and the fact that they, Brothers in Blue, is going to stand with them, whether they're right or they're wrong. And really, the fact is these police departments need to do a full clean out of their departments. Anybody who is racist, anybody who is, who their bias tends to override their responsibility as a person, they need to be ejected off the force, period. They should never walk, work for law enforcement again because, you know, if you think about it, the KKK wore white robes and this white pointy hat face covering. And now they're, you know, they're hiding behind blue. They're hiding behind a badge now. They're not just, they're not doing that. You know, they, some of them will do that because some people will be openly racist, but those are just really the bold people. But now, you know, racism is alive and well and it's thriving and the ignorance of it is just practically insane. So when I see a person whose skin complexion is protected by that collection, making any kind of comment about no respect for authority. What happened to the authorities respecting the communities, respecting the people in them? Because for the cops that actually want to go into these communities and they generally came in in heart of hearts to make a difference, it's hard for them to do their job because every time you turn on a TV set, every time you look on social media, every time you turn on a radio, and it could be a scenario every time you walk down the street, you see the police hassling um, and violating another minority in the community without reason or with over-the-top amount of force. 
And the crazy part is, I don't know why authoritarian figures feel like you. we should respect you when you don't respect us. Why we should accept you in our communities. And that's why a lot of times, look, people won't call the police. I'm at the point in time, the way I'm looking at things, we are on the brink of a major race war. We are on the brink of World War III in society because you have an oppressed minority class who is being treated as if they were during slavery times. The only difference in slavery times, it was a public show. And every time they had a hanging, it was a public spectacle. And everybody could come around and watch as a black man or a black woman hangs from a tree until the life leaves them. And then they go home to their families, kiki, laugh about it. And eat dinner and go on about their lives and with no sense of humanity and then you have the civil rights movement and with the civil rights movement yeah that everybody wants to do the peaceful protest and I applaud Mr. King Dr. King for his efforts in trying to bring some peace to the situation. I also applaud Malcolm X for his militant stance because sometimes you can't always peacefully protest things and things change. Sometimes you gotta get a little militant to get your respect, to get your rights, to help people understand just as important you are in this world, we are too. We, our lives matter, not just yours. But there's a lot of people out there that's just, they're sick and tired of seeing it. But let me tell you, there's nothing about this phenomenon that's happening and it's been happening for hundreds of years now. It's going to change as long as people are sitting on the sidelines. Look, I understand everybody can go on social media and post their dislikes about how they feel about the these deaths and how um, all of these things not just so much the deaths but all of these things that is beyond wrong with society's idea of what freedom is and and rights are they sit on the sidelines They get on their laptops, they get on their cell phones, they get on their Instagram, their Twitters, and tweak their dislikes, but it is very few that you will actually see get up and take a real stand and say enough is enough, we're not going to take this anymore, and it's going to be kill or be killed, fight or die. And that's the point in time we're in, guys, let me help you understand, this is not to incite war. This is not to incite bloodshed. This is to incite an awakening. 
because we are overdue for awakening and sometimes you got to get up and turn tables over sometimes you got to flip tables over to make it known there is a time for peace and there's a time to fight and if you're sitting down in a time to fight you're going to lose that war all the way around the board and the fact is even back then during the civil rights movement you had good folks from even from the white communities uh, the jewish communities the black communities the um all these different communities mixed cultures coming together to fight for rights they all came together some of them really came together and they lost their lives too to fight for the cause that's what needs to happen again but see here's the problem this is why things have went on so long and it's perpetrated so far guys people after this whole thing with the civil rights pass and yeah you get to sit on the bus you get to eat any diner you want to you can move where you want to you can do all of this okay big deal they gave you these little bitty freedoms and you felt like you were free you felt like they had you feeling like you were equal when underneath that, it was a tactic to keep you quiet. So that way, because for the government and for everybody else, the idea of having another uprise was not something that they were up for. But we are in a pressure keg now. It's only a matter of time before that keg blows up. It's a matter of time and it's going to blow and you know it's going to blow. But see, here's the problem. When people got so comfortable with the little mediocre freedoms and rights they gave you that they had you feeling like, oh, you're one of us now. We accept you. Sure, come on, work for white America. Come on, work for corporate offices. Come on and get these big old government jobs and these, you know. Come on, work for law enforcement. But at the end of the day, there's, you're still noticeably recognized for the melanin in your skin, in your cultural background, your minority status, then you are going to be known for being a human being with rights, privileges like anyone else, and people that are just hard workers. You're not going to be seen as that. They're looking at you for what you are. But, you know, they give you this false sense of security. And once that happened, people stop fighting. People stop looking to keep the structure in order. Because, see, I'm going to tell you, the civil rights movement was so necessary. Because without that civil rights movement, without Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, uh, Garvey, um... Al Sharpton and it's, it's so many other people that were out there fighting this fight there are so many people that got dogs um, put you know sicked on them they had fire hoses you know water hoses been just getting beat with billy clubs and even shot and um, mob beat up by the police and 
thrown in the back of a pat a paddy wagon, sat behind bars. All that stuff, and there's people that lost their lives in the process of him. One Martin Luther King, and he was a great leader on his own. And his thing was using peace to do it. And sometimes, I'm sorry, he's right in a way, but sometimes Malcolm X was more right than he was because peace is good. But if you know this during those times and these times right now, some people want to use the peaceful approach. That peaceful approach over this t- point in time hasn't changed a thing. It hasn't. You know, it's giving them the illusion that we're bowing. And we're just accepting it. Now, I had that fight that, you know, our, the older generations had in them. kept going we would be further and yes people lost their lives for this but see here's the whole thing people with children raising children or they have children on the way or they're adopting children or they're our generations we have to fight for our next generation we have to fight for our young minds that are coming up much like our forefathers did, much like our ancestors did. Because if it wasn't for Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and all of the people that went to set in the paddy wagon, went to jail, they got attacked by dogs and stuff for fighting and protesting for what they wanted and the freedom so that way their kids would never have to live the life that they lived. What do you think we're going to have to do to make sure we secure that type of placement for our own? And I say this again, it is a time for war and it's a time for peace. And this is not a time for peace anymore. Because, wake up people, if you have not noticed day after day after day, whether it's in New York the racist South, um, Minnesota, Chicago, wherever, in this country. It's still the same problem. And we owe it to our next generation to make sure that they still are able to have their freedom because what's going to happen is if everybody keeps laying down and keep taking it. And keep taking the abuse and neglect and the inhumanity. They will never see us as being people because a lot of them still view us as property in in their mind or less than human beings i'm going to give you a very fine analogy of what i mean and hypothetical that i mean about this everybody knows anybody who has you know is a dog person you know 
some people tell you that German Shepherds are the top choice. And some people like, I like pit bulls. I'm a pit bull fan myself. And America and all these people will tell you, society, you know, those are about the worst dogs you can breed and they're dangerous. And look, it's the same way. The way you nurture something, the way you take care of it makes the biggest difference. And if you are handling that with care, if you are handling it with handling that pit bull with respect, if you are treating this animal as if it like its life means as much as yours does, you won't have a problem. But what happens when you keep picking at a pit bull and you keep swinging at it and you keep patronizing it and you keep abusing it and you keep hitting it eventually that timer in his head is going to snap they're going to snap and that docile animal you were taking so much neglect and not so much care or respect in Ultimately, it's going to come after you. It's going to bite you. It's going to do harm because it's going to show you that, you know, I'm just as powerful as you are. I'm tired. You know, it's just like, you know, also, (laughs) and this is just in the animal kingdom. It's just like... If you run into a raccoon, you know, the one thing you don't want to do is corner a raccoon because a raccoon is going to tear you up. They, You know, if you come after their babies, they're going to fight you fiercely. If you corner them, they're going to make sure that they harm you. Especially when you have ill intent towards them or they sense you as a danger. That's the way people are. People, we all in a sense have that nature where people can be pushed so far before too far is enough. Eventually people snap, they get tired and it turns into an outward spiral of violence. And that's what people don't get. You know, everybody's like, this violence thing is not going to help. In a sense, then yes and no. Because there's some force that's going to be needed to have people understand that we're not going to be your stepping stone anymore. We're not going to be your whipping boy anymore. You're not going to get to come into my communities and my neighborhood and take away our sense of security. You're not going to get to come into our neighborhood and disrespect us. You're not going to get to come into our neighborhoods and make it difficult for us to trust our environment in which we live in. So it's a lot of people that's taken up in arms and you know what? And I'm all for it. You know, do what you have to do to protect your people, your family. Because right now these cops, as you see, their pension for violence is never ending. But everybody's talking about non-violence. Where's the non-violence 
when they're sitting up here killing us one by one systematically. And you know why they're killing us, everyone? They're killing us because we're they're, we're allowing them to kill us. We are allowing them to take our lives because we won't fight back. While everybody's singing Kumbaya, my lord. And I have all this other mess. You have one side of the coin saying, I want peace, but I'm going to do this peacefully. And the other one saying, well, we don't care about your peace. You know, we don't mind using force if we're going to use it to any extent that we feel like we need to do that to make sure we keep you in control. When are you going to flip the script and say, we're not going to be peaceful anymore. You don't want to be peaceful with us. You don't want to treat us like we're human beings. You degrade us every single chance that you get. Because honestly, I, you know, I hate, I would hate for it to come down to a point where America is in this bloody war and stupor because people were too afraid to speak up. They were too afraid to stand up and take a stand and fight when it counted because once again, I'll say this. They don't give a care about killing us. They don't give a care about taking our lives and hurting and harming our people and harassing us and beating us and demeaning us. But yet, everybody wants to talk about respecting authority. Where is the respect for the people that you're supposed to protect and serve? You, like I said, it's a lot of back alley racists that hide behind badges. It is a lot of <laughs> supremacists that hide behind badges. They're supremacists behind closed doors. They may not walk around in white sheets anymore too much. Some of them hide behind a badge. Some of them hide behind a politician's desk. Some of them hide from a high position in government or a presidential office. The question is, and ask yourself, how long are you going to take it? How long are you just going to lay there and let them keep killing you? your people and for some people it's never really hit home for them because it has not been their child it has not been maybe one of their loved ones yet and I do say yet so next time you think of just sitting there not taking any kind of action next young man that you or queen that you see on the ground that the police are brutalizing Imagine that being your child down there and see how infuriating it is to you. Because then if that was your child down there and it switched places with a person, you would be fed up. You would want justice. Because if you have not noticed, and I said this in another podcast as well, the common denominator and this is an older case, of course, of Trayvon Martin. His George Zimmerman, his father was a judge, part of the judicial system. 
and he got off pretty easy because that's who his father was and afterwards he got out and making jokes about killing him and he would do it again and you know he had no remorse for what he did that tells you what kind of sick person is because every person that's out here doing crimes hide behind a bigger power or a power source that's allowing them and cultivating that type of situation the cops the retired cop that killed Aubrey who was just jogging minding his own business and it turned just like I said it looked like a lynching scene out of slavery days where they gunned him down like a wild dog this the shooter had ties to the police department from where he lived and they let him and his son plus the person that recorded it and I thank you goodness for the person that recorded it but still you they still need to sit back there in a cell with them too they let these men walk around go home to their families as if they had done nothing they thought they did a patriotic thing by taking somebody's life that they had no real earthly evidence that they had done anything. I don't think people understand that metaphor. You know, the police department that he worked for and that he was a retired officer officer from allowed this man and his children, his son, to walk free. didn't have a chance in the world despite them making this police get off his back he couldn't breathe he couldn't do anything and stuff like that they systematically killed that man that was the intent that was the sole purpose of them even brutalizing him in that sense because it doesn't take two officers to be on top of one person and pinning them to the ground So I guess because the outrage, well, we're going to, in the wrong, the first wrong move he made was taking them, putting them on paid leave. No, if you're a murderer, you should never be on paid leave to do anything. You, as soon as they let you go, you need to be headed to a jail cell to go, to go, go to court for your crimes. But after that, I guess they decided, well, of course, people are going to be pissed that you put them off on um, paid leave. So ultimately, all four officers were fired. Okay, that's a start. But at the same time, they were still walking around. The question is, what is wrong with these police officers that they are willing to put away a minority for a crime? But when it comes to one of their own, even if they let them go, they want them to walk the street free as long as possible. But if it was one of us, it would be a total witch hunt. If anybody's familiar with the Salem witch trials, that's how it would look. You know, we got to do better. We have to stand up. We have to make a stand 
once and for all because as long as you got people still laying down saying yes massa no massa uh and just bowing down and accepting the mistreatment the abuse things aren't going to change so guys i'm gonna end this episode and say think very clearly and hard about where you stand with this and does that equal change is it going to make a difference if staying staying quiet never gets anywhere but some people think if i just wait want people to take that time to sit back and reflect when am I going to get tired of this is this acceptable is the idea of me sitting here doing nothing going to change and make a difference for not only me my family but for my community and for minorities all over this country You got to stand up sometime, guys. So until the next episode, stay tuned and just really figure out where you stand. Pick a side and stand on that because this is not the time to be indecisive. This is knowing the difference between... Knowing if it's a time for war or a time for peace. We are not in a, in a time for peace. We're in a time for war. Because it's necessary. So I ask you, which side are you on?